we got a real simple plan. One man, one mission. Georgia has won the national championship. You're a fan, you might think this is sports heaven. This might be college football heaven. This is ESPN's College Game Day Podcast. Now alongside Pete Thamel, here's Reese Davis. This is the College Game Day Podcast, the Emergency Selection Sunday edition, where we pick all of the first-round games. Reese Davis and Pete Thamel. We are now looking at the Midwest region, where Houston, which was in contention for much of the season, uh, to be the number one overall seed, settles for the number one in the Midwest. The Cougars have some injury, injury issues. Marcus Sasser was hurt in the semifinals of the American Tournament, didn't play in the championship game. They lost in the championship game to Memphis, but still a one seed. And they're opening against Northern Kentucky. Do you have either the nickname or the head coach, Pete Thamel, for Northern Kentucky? It's Darren Horn. That is correct. Coach. And obviously, good. he's been the coach at Western Kentucky, South Carolina. Um, he's an old hand, Darren Horn is. He was, I think, a Shaka Smart assistant at Texas for uh, for a minute. Are they the Norse? That is correct. Yeah. Very, very well done. I will not take the Norse uh, mm. to win. I've got Houston advancing out of that first game. The second. Yeah. Let's uh, just say this quick, though. Like, if you're filling out your bracket and investing money and going further with Houston, just make sure you know what Sasser's injury is. Like if you're mm-hmm. actually like going to put them in the final four, because some of their vulnerabilities without him were exposed today. They are, if they have a weakness, they are not deep. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I, you know, we wish Marcus Sasser and his, his groin injury that he it looked like he slipped on the, on he the, did. Yeah. He, yeah. yeah. He just, he, he just yeah. slipped and pulled yeah. a groin. That yeah. is the single biggest personnel issue hanging over this tournament right now in mm-hmm. my opinion like that that could swing the entire tournament either way and you wonder if they could they could try to hold him out for the opening weekend of the tournament to get him back and i'm certainly not going to play like a trainer and and know what what's what but um yeah there will be a lot of uh a lot of attention paid to you know when they arrive in Birmingham and does he practice and what does Kelvin say and Kelvin's usually been pretty good about injuries over the years so I don't think he's going to be too uh, you know too too secretive of it but that is uh, I, I don't think it can be overstated what what an important personnel issue that is it could be an emotional time for Kelvin too who just just lost his sister mm-hmm. a couple of days ago they have roots in Birmingham so you know going back to an area in which he is familiar with and you know, potentially, and we're not picking second round games yet, but potentially a second round matchup against Auburn in the state of Alabama, which seems to be an unfortunate uh, placement in the pod for a number one seed. But that would uh, that would assume that Auburn gets past Iowa, which is not something that I'm willing to assume. Um, Auburn's going to have uh, a good crowd on hand, home state crowd playing in Birmingham against Iowa, but. And, and there's some connection there, too, with Bruce Pearl, former Iowa assistant, Dr. Tom Davis' disciple, um, involved in the whole Iowa-Illinois thing. As I joked on the show, it would be, you know, Seth said something about it being a conspiracy theory. I said it would, a uh, real conspiracy would be if they played Illinois, you know, because he's, <laughs> he's not, not if, if you don't know the story, they're way back, way back ancient history in like the, the 80s. 80s yeah. yeah, Bruce uh, was an assistant in Iowa. There's disagreement over some recruiting and, uh, 
and he recorded some conversations. It's well documented. You can go look it up, but it does create intrigue for us old heads that know some of the history there. But as it stands now, Iowa against Auburn, Auburn is, is tough. They play their tails off on defense. They're going to have the crowd. Iowa's got, I think Iowa's got too much offensive firepower for them. I'm, I'm going to go with Fran McCaffrey's team and hope that he stares down an official. Well, I was going to say, do you think there are some officials on group text chuckling tonight for Fran getting sent basically for a road game for the first round? I would imagine the uh, officials who like a little shade and fraud uh, enjoyed, <laughs> uh, you know, the, the notion of Fran being in Birmingham grumbling about uh, grumbling about their placement. I bet there was a lot of uh, a lot of faux sympathy uh, sent his way. Uh, Auburn's been a funny team to, uh, to to figure out. I want to say when you guys were there for, for for game day, there was you know there was thoughts that they, that could be a Final Four team, right? Like, I, uh, maybe, I mean, maybe some, I, I just haven't seen it because, but I, I have a, I'm predisposed not to believe in teams that can't score or that mm-hmm. it's really hard to score. And I mean, they've lost nine of their last 13 games. Um, I was, if anything, I was a little surprised they weren't a little closer to the bubble I, I, uh, I would, than that. I would agree with that. It's hard for me with what Auburn has done recently. Um, you know, look like, and of those four games they won, Georgia stinks. Missouri was a home win. Ole Miss, you know, had already fired their coach at that point. And then they beat shorthanded Tennessee. So I don't know if any team going to the tournament is spiraling worse than Auburn right now. You know, to to give them credit, they probably I won't say they should have won in Tuscaloosa. They had an excellent opportunity to win in Tuscaloosa yes, and they played well and yeah. did not finish the deal. It was during a, the last four games of the regular season. Alabama didn't play well, but maybe they got some credit for the way they played uh, there. But I think that it's a one and done for Auburn and that and that Iowa moves on. The net doesn't do try hard, Reese. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a different podcast for a different yeah. day. Miami is one of the more, they're the five Mm -hmm. seed in the Midwest. They will open up against Drake. And Miami is a really fun team to watch. But they too, much like Houston with Marcus Sasser, they have an injury to watch in Norchad O'Meara. He's their their big guy, a, a transfer in who had been Sunbelt Player of the Year previous stop, and he, he's a tough um, he's a tough inside guy who gives them a little more presence in the interior. They really struggled without him in the ACC tournament. Drake is uh, is really versatile, really good offensive team. Darren DeVries is the coach's son. Tucker's their star player. He's a, he's an excellent scorer, really good passer. I like Drake in the 12-5 upset to knock off Miami, and I hate to say that because – I don't hate to say it for Drake, but Miami is a fun team to watch play. I like the way they play. But, um, you know, Drake's won 13 out of 14. Uh, they really shoot it well. Uh, they they don't turn it over much. They don't give you second shots. I, I like Drake to, to win this game. Thank God we finally disagree. Uh, I like Miami in this game. Now, I will say this about Drake because they were, they were a team I dug in on because I thought they could win some games. I just don't like this matchup. Uh, Roman Penn, their point guard, is like their Mateen Cleefs. He's mm-hmm. He's been unbelievable. Here's maybe my favorite stat I dug up the last two days. Drake's average age of their starting five is 23 and a half years. That's older than five NBA starting lineups. So they are smart. They are tough. They are old. They are all those things things that I tend to like, but I do not like them in this case. I feel like even with potentially without Norchad Amir, 
I feel like Miami matchup wise can go four guards. They can spread you and they are a nightmare to play. And Drake didn't see anything like that, especially athletically and shooting wise in the Valley. So I just think there are certain teams that play certain styles. Texas A&M is another one of those styles that can mm-hmm. be a little bit frenetic and, and, and get you sped up. And obviously when you look at Jordan, Jordan Miller, Isaiah Wong, Nigel Pack, you're talking about uh, elite shooters who I think have played, uh, you know, really well down the stretch other than that weird Florida State game that they uh, that boy, they lost at home late. It was the yeah. biggest blown lead in ACC history to a Florida State team. They blew a 25-point lead. Yeah. And uncharacteristic. Oh, Miami, sure. yeah. Miami is a really, really good team. Going a little gut feel there with the Drake. You either love the Drake um, or you hate the Drake. And in Drake's case here, being a 12 seed against a 5, they'll start from the bottom, but then hope that the whole team will be there in the round of 32. Pete, did, uh, Sailor, uh, Sarah and Taylor are giggling. Pete, completely oblivious uh, to that reference. Both of them, to both references, actually. Indiana and Kent State, um, 4-13 matchup. Now, this Kent State Golden Flash team, you mentioned about how Drake hadn't seen anything like they're about to face in the Valley. Kent State, on a couple of occasions, has seen something like they're going to face in the opening round against Indiana. Kent State played a game against Houston, lost by five, mm-hmm. played it in the 40s. Then they played a game in the high, 60, high 60s, low 70s against Gonzaga and lost by just seven. Um, they're in the tournament for the first time since 17. Uh, a couple guys who are um, really, really good backcourt guys, Sincere Carey and uh, Malik Jacobs. I... Look, I like Jalen Hood Shafino, love Trace Jackson Davis. I'm I'm going double digit upset there. I'm taking the golden flashes to knock Indiana out of the tournament. So I really and coaches that I talked to the last couple of days and scouts really like Kent and they like sincere carry. Um Jalen Sullinger, JJ Sullinger's son, which quite frankly just made me feel old. Oh my that goodness. he was uh, that Jalen Sullinger, I think is a is a sophomore, is a good player for uh for Rob Senderoff there at Kent. Um Kent shot 71% against a very good Toledo team that I think had won like 17 straight Mm -hmm. in the MAC final. So they're certainly peaking. They're certainly playing well. Um, That said, I can't pick them against Indiana. I would have picked them against a lot of fours. That is not one I would pick them against. I feel like Indiana has a balance of, you know, one of the five best individual players in college basketball and Trace Jackson Davis. And then they have one of the, uh, one of the, 10 best NBA prospects in college basketball and Jalen Shafino. And I just, there is no excuse for Indiana to lose this game. They just, they have a clear talent advantage. They have a good coach. They just have lacked some consistency and it's been a little bit befuddling all year. Um, I I was tempted by Kent when I watched the MAC title game. I was like, man, that's the kind of team I'd seen them. They, they play a bunch of those like Friday night CBS sports mm-hmm. games. So you end up watching them because they're on on Friday night. And obviously I have no life. So I watch MAC games <laughs> on Friday nights, much like I do on Tuesdays in, uh, in college football season. And uh, I just can't bring myself to do it. Uh, just matchup wise, I just don't think they're going to have the firepower to overwhelm them as they have some teams. So go Hoosiers. Bottom half of that bracket. And a lot of times when I'm going to pick double-digit upsets, not that this is a great I don't think you've picked any single-digit teams yet, Reese. Well, the way it's going. <laughs> I got some double-digit upsets against teams that I don't believe in advancing. So you don't believe deep. in Indiana, huh? No, I like Indiana a lot. I just – I really do. I know it didn't okay. sound like it a minute ago, yeah. but I, I really do. But – I, I never know. pick against a team that I think could feel. make the final four. 
and I think Indiana can make the final. Now, see, I don't believe that, and okay. that's that's why I'm willing. That's yeah, why no, that's I'm willing fair. to to go 13. Now, you know, if they do uh, good for Mike Woodson, that'd be great. Um, Six eleven game, bottom half of the Midwest bracket is Iowa State against either Mississippi State or Pitt. Now, these are these are all three teams that I have serious questions about. I don't have any questions about how hard Mississippi State plays. I've got sure. a lot of questions about whether they can take the um, the round orange object for which the game is named and put it inside the orange cylinder. Is that important? 10 feet up. What? Is that important? It, it is. They're, <laughs> they're very good at taking it and throwing it into said rim with great force. <laughs> but if you take them away from that and ask them to put it in, well, then that's a different problem altogether. Um, Pittsburgh was not exactly inspiring late in the season, no. losing to Notre Dame, although that was a very emotional, uh, emotionally charged situation with Mike Bray's last home game and then didn't play well against Duke in the ACC tournament. Um, Iowa State hung around for a while, really good defensive team, slow tempo. This is going to be one of the games when somebody finally does throw it in from three that it's going to be a really, really big deal. Gabe Kalsher's uh, having the best season of his career, shooting just under 40% from three in Big 12 play. I, whoever comes out of that, whether it's the Bulldogs or the Panthers, I, I'm, I've got some reservations about Iowa State, but I'm going to take them and, uh, and say the Cyclones move on. Yeah, I just there, there's always some team that sputters down the stretch that goes on a run. That might have been Iowa State last year, actually. Mm, to, yeah, in in I just can't look at all the red on Iowa State's Ken Palm right now and with a straight face say I think they're going to yeah. advance. And yeah. Iowa State in pure road games this year three and eight. They're three and two in neutral site games. Um, and after they lose four in a row, they beat Baylor twice in a row, who you and I have no faith in anyway. So um, they are old. Uh, Jaron Holmes coming from St. Bonaventure's, their 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 leading scorer. Uh, I just I don't think they they can string it together again. Now look, T.J. Otzelberger pulled the, pulled the rabbit out of his hat last year. Um, I also kind of really like Xavier sitting across from them. So I actually took Pitt to uh, to beat Iowa State in that uh, in that in that opening opening round game. Um, oh, so you've got Pitt beating Mississippi I have Pitt State. Beating Mississippi beat, State. Yeah. Uh, whoever, somebody coming out of that in the 11 seed in the first four always, always. wins again. Correct. You know, Notre Dame yes. did it last year, and the teams have done it. Um, yeah. Two teams, I believe, have gone to the final four. I'm going to say it's UCLA and VCU. That's correct. Um, yeah. Are the uh, two. I don't foresee the Pitt Panthers doing that, but I, I think they can get uh, they can get past Iowa State. Always have to watch the travel on that game too. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure what that is, but remember Notre Dame won in Dayton and then had to fly to San Diego and still end up beating Alabama. Yeah. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? 
Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. 314. Xavier's going to win that game. But I, I want to I bring up Kennesaw State. I don't remember if we've talked about this on the pod. I think maybe we did briefly. But if, even if we did, it bears repeating. Three years ago, Kennesaw State, who the champions of the Atlantic Sun, they were 1-28. and 28. How, how are you 1-28 in, in basketball? Now, they won the Division II National Championship back in 2004, but they were 1-28, stayed with their coach, uh, Amir Abdul-Rahim, got a little better, got a little better, and then this year won the Atlantic Sun. Um, one of the kids who started every game in that 1-28 season made the, made the game-winning free throws uh, – Terrell Burden was his name, the guy, guy Chris Youngblood, who can really score. They're not going to beat Xavier, but I wanted to give him some love. Oh, yeah. They won 26 yeah. games, and three years ago they were 1-28, and they're in the tournament. Xavier yeah. Xavier moves on in that yeah. one. Jeff Barzello did a great story on them after after they clinched. That's on yeah. ESPN.com. Our listeners can find it if they want to uh, dig into Kennesaw. Happy for them to have their moment. I just feel like Xavier has like those types of veteran dynamic guards that you need to win in March. And I've really been impressed with Colby Jones. I feel like he has played his way into maybe even being a first round pick this year. Um, They shoot the three at an elite level. Um, Now they don't stop the three all that well. Uh, If you know, like, so if, if, if there could be some pucker power, if Kennesaw got hot from there, but I just feel like they'll be able to, they'll be able to control the game. And uh, old Jack Noon's down low, not yep. his first road, not his first road. But it will be without Zach Fremantle. So that's Correct. an injury that's yep. been a problem. Sule Boom's been a, a terrific guy for them, and it's been really interesting to watch the different, uh, the different way that Sean Miller now plays during mm-hmm. the time off sort of reinvented his approach to offensive basketball they play faster they, they call fewer plays uh, they were they were no match for Marquette in the Big East tournament uh, championship game but they've had a uh, you know they, they've had a great run but they're I think they're either five and three or five and four something like that since Fremantle was injured so you know I, I don't expect them to make a deep run but I do think they'll they'll get out of that game Texas A&M Penn State game is compelling um Penn State, uh, Micah Shrewsbury has put together a really efficient offense. They're top 10 in three-point shooting, shoot nearly 40%, nearly half of their shots come from three, but they don't play fast. They just play to get the three. I think Jalen Pickett's the only guy in the country, their star, who averages 17 points, seven rebounds, seven assists. Uh, Seth Lundy, Andrew Funk, they, they've got some, they're in the tournament for the first time since 2011, yet they fit the profile for me of one of those teams on the bubble for a long time, fight your way in, get all the way to the championship game, almost win the thing. I wonder if you're gassed. You know, I just wonder if you're gassed. Now you've won uh, eight out of 10 after falling by a hair to Purdue. And AM's tough to play against. Now AM can go, they can. They can go into some serious scoring droughts, but I'm I'm going to say that A&M wins and sets up around a 32 match up against Texas just because that'd be fun to see. Yeah, I've really enjoyed watching Jalen Pickett this year. I had a, a coach basically tell me this week uh, from the Big Ten that he's the Jimmy Butler of the Big Ten. He's just a guy who, yeah. who can thrive in one-on-one play, can go get his uh, – there's some oomph to his game. He's got a mm-hmm. little, little, little bit of uh, – an edge, which is always uh, which is always appreciated, but 
I really feel like Texas A&M has had a fascinating season, right? They lose to Murray. They lose to Wofford going into Christmas break. Going to Christmas break, you're thinking Buzz Williams might get fired. They're six and five yeah. at one point. Yes. Yeah. And they, until they lost to Alabama Sunday in the SEC title game, had just lost three games since Christmas. So um, they, they beat Missouri coming out of that break. They won at Auburn. And I think along the way, this became an archetype of a Buzz Williams team. He's got like the six foot four, six five rebounding wings in, in Radford and Dexter Dennis. Um, and obviously, Wade Taylor is, you know, one of the best players in that league that's not mm-hmm. named Brandon Miller. Um, he's a dynamic scorer. He has carried them on his back. But yes, if he is not scoring, they can be in trouble. Um, but I do think their ability to rebound from the wing is something where, you know, look, tournament games, we romanticize the tournament. A lot of games are ugly and low scoring, mm-hmm. right? Um they can be tightly officiated because the officials want to move in advance. Like t- tournament, we 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 remember the beautiful ones, but there are a lot of rock fights, and wouldn't be surprised, even though these are two pretty good offensive teams, if this game uh, turns into that because they're going to be physical and they're two excellent uh, two excellent coaches. So I am going to take uh, I'm going to take A and M as well because I think they go small, and it's just not what a Big Ten team is used to seeing. Okay, so I'm going to assume that we can expedite the 215 matchup, though we have had 15s win recently, mm-hmm. that Texas, with the carrot sitting out there, potentially going to the Final Four in their home state under Rodney Terry, took over after Chris Beard was dismissed. You got the Longhorns moving, right? I do, with apologies to Marissa, our friend and researcher. Oh, that's right. She's softball. a Colgate, Colgate. Yeah, she was yeah. very excited about uh, Colgate. I don't think she was excited about this matchup. <laughs> Just getting there. Uh, that's good Good for the Raiders as – as Colgate will open against yeah, and Texas. Matt Langle's got some options, too. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he— uh, On Notre Dame's list, you reported, right? That's correct. Would, yeah, would good he, coach. Would would he be a fallback, or would he be a primary target? I'd say somewhere in the middle. Say? Somewhere okay. in the middle, I think, would probably be the safest. He is definitely a person of interest there, and I would imagine he could evolve in some other places. Well, they've got a they've got a guy in Oliver Lynch Daniels who leads the nation three point shooting. So, you know, and Texas hoping to get full health. Timmy Allen's had some issues. So coming out of that that Midwest, you've got Marcus Sasser's situation with Houston. Uh, you've got Texas, both of those teams with the potential carrot of playing the final four in their home state. Um I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I've been completely sold on Texas all year. I do think that they had a case to mm-hmm. be a one seed. Oh, yeah. I think that would have been a reasonable thing. But I've got Texas coming out of the Midwest and going to the Final Four. And if they do, um, I mean, they don't have a job search anymore. I'm not sure they should anyway right now. But uh, if, they go to the, if they go to the Final Four, if he pulls the Steve Fisher and, <laughs> uh, and takes over and takes the team to the Final Four, then this is, this is said and done. I've got the Longhorns coming out and going to the Final Four. Respect the Longhorn pick. Uh, so this is when when I pick my bracket, I always try to pick one team that is at least not a one, two, or a three seed. A great stat is at least one team seated seventh or worse has made the Final Four in eight of the last nine years. So there's there is a long shot coming. I think especially in this year, we haven't talked about it much on these pods, Reese, but this year is wide open. I mean, is it? Look at look at the con- no, but look at the conference tournaments. Big East one versus two, SEC one versus two, Big Twelve one so versus do you think two, the gap Pac twelve the- one versus two, and in the ACC it was a team that won the co champion against a team that you ridiculed me for taking in Duke. So I, 
Maybe that means we're going to get chaos in this one, but there's there's some evidence recently says that the best teams are winning. Yeah, and and that's and that's very fair. But I do think the difference between one and twelve is indistinguishable. Fair. If that, if that I makes agree. sense, I agree with that. So, um, and then I think there's a drop off. And again, I pick twelve kind of arbitrarily, but I do think there's a drop off where the difference between your thirteen seeds and your fours typically isn't that great. So I think that's where we do see some chaos. But um I'd be I, I would do a, a, a gentleman's wager for a uh you know for a for a for a for a piece of meat or something. If if you said do you think this is the year that a that a seven or worse doesn't make it like it has eight of the last nine? Uh let me see. A seven or worse doesn't make it to the final four. So eight in the last nine years, there's been a seven seed or higher. Yeah, okay. So you're talking like I'm looking at Texas A&M, Penn State, um, Missouri, Utah State. I'm looking at the eight nines, Memphis FAU, Iowa, Auburn. I, you know, it's always hard to see, or else they wouldn't be seated where they are. Correct. But I'm I'm going to say yeah. I don't right. see it. All right. Well, well I don't. See uh, we it. have two witnesses and, and many people. We're going to have a, a right. gentleman's wager for another uh, for another ribeye here. Okay. After you're giving me, me the field seven and up, basically. I am All right. seven and up. I will take one of those seven and ups to make the final. Four. Okay. So which one are you, t- who are you taking out of the Midwest? Oh, then? I'm taking Indiana. I just couldn't go full chalks. There are four. I'm not saying I'm going to pick one, but I I just feel like I feel like I'm embracing the chaos of this tournament enough that I'm going to be open to a George Mason or someone going in. Do, do so, you know? Do you know how many texts are going to be exchanged with the Kent State Indiana four thirteen game? That's fine. Uh, when is that played? Have you got the ske- Taylor? Have you got the schedule in front of you? Uh, see when Kent State and I hope I'm not on a plane coming. Well, maybe uh, maybe the Wi Fi will let me text Pete on the plane coming. I may up buy here. some candy striped pants. Just yeah. to talk <laughs> I've worn some of those. We went to game day in Indiana in thirteen. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, for, uh, oh, right before we do a pod. Aren't we uh, going to do a pod after that? A pod Friday oh, night. man. Oh, that's going to that's gonna be fun or awful. One of the two. <laughs> it's going to be fun for me. I, I'm picking Indiana to beat Kent State. I'm not worried. Well, you're picking Indiana to go to the final four I for am. the stake. You don't Absolutely. get the stake on Kent State. <laughs> I mean, you know. Yeah. Come on. Well, then if Kent wins, uh, maybe Kent makes the final four, and then I get my ribeye that way. So I think okay. I could win either way. Right. Either way. I've hedged, I've hedged my bet in a lot of ways, but I feel like – Looking outside the top three seeds, I feel like Indiana is talented. Certainly, they've had their consistency issues, mm-hmm. um, but I, uh, I I feel like they could uh, they could punch their they could punch their way through what what is sort of a a bit of a tortured bracket well, with if- Houston's injuries and you know look Texas still has a coach who was a pretty mediocre head coach at Fresno State and UTEP, right? It's been a great story, but I, I don't, you know, we'll, we'll see Rodney Terry in some high leverage situations here. I'm just, I'm not ready to just put the glass slipper on him. Yeah, it looked, looked okay against Kansas Saturday. I'll tell you that. But I will say this for your Indiana pick. Uh, there, there is some wisdom to it if they get out of that first game. Mm-hmm. Because after they get out of the first game, um, it, it's pretty easy to see them winning, and if Houston's not at full strength, that would you know there there's some wisdom to it. Okay, so finally some disagreement as we've reached the Good. Midwest bracket. Uh, we'll continue one more bracket to go as we pick every every first round game here on the College Game Day podcast. Download them wherever you get your favorite podcast, and I hope you're listening to them in sequence so you can get the background. <laughs> 